Welcome to Voices of Baby Loss, presented by me, Caroline Verdon. I'm a broadcaster and journalist, and Jen Coates, who is the Director of Bereavement Support and Volunteering at SANS. SANS is a UK-based charity whose purpose is to save babies' lives and support bereaved families. We also aim to give a voice to parents who've been touched by pregnancy and baby loss. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at SANS Charity and on Twitter at SANS UK. Which is also where you can get in touch with us if you'd like to comment on or get involved in the podcast. We are both touched by baby loss and so this topic is really close to our hearts. Coming up on this week's episode. My hope for the future is that we keep the momentum going. I think we have really begun a very powerful journey here in engaging parents in research and in identifying that we can prevent babies from dying. We really can. I would like to see just more awareness or more siblings speaking about their experiences or more awareness of what it's like for the sibling. Another baby, maybe. Welcome to our final episode of the series. Uh, It's gone in a flash, hasn't it? It really has, but it's been phenomenal. I've really enjoyed meeting so many extraordinary people. And learning so much. I had no idea of the breadth of work that Sands did. I had no idea of the breadth of work that was being done in general to stop baby loss. And it's been really uplifting for me and really incredible to think that actually there will be hundreds and thousands and millions of people who will not go through what we've gone through. I think lots of people know us for our bereavement support, and that's often the first contact people have with SANS, but there's so much more that we do. And, and I absolutely am one of those people, you know, that's that's why I found SANS. I needed I needed support. And even when you, when you say it like that, lots of people know us for our bereavement work and, and there's other work that we do. I still would have imagined that bereavement support would have been, knowing how much support that you offer, that that would have been 99.9% of what you do, but it really isn't. It's a third of what what you do. It's it's a third. Uh, and it's extraordinary the amount of work that is going on in the background. Absolutely. And training professionals and supporting research and ensuring the parent voice is absolutely integral to all of all of the work that we do. Absolutely. Now, as this is our final episode, we wanted to focus on the future. And one of the things we did throughout the series is every time we spoke to a guest, we asked them for their hopes for the future. So this is a compilation of some of our favourites. Rez is dad to baby Jacob. My genuine hope for the future is, even if I have children or don't have any more children, you know, I always remember my good times with Jakob, even if it's my bad times with Jakob, because that's so important to me. And I feel like it's changed me as a person. It's, it's changed the way I, f- I speak or I am as a person, because you quickly realize what's important and what's not important anymore. I really hope that memory of him carries on. And I know it sounds daft, but sometimes you see certain situations and you're like, oh, woman, well, they've moved on. But that's behind closed doors. Everyone's grief is behind closed doors. And, you know, for me, it's, I will want to remember him no matter what future comes. Tanya lost her son Isaac in 2018. I guess I just want to hopefully be able to have another healthy child in the future. So that's my main goal. But my other goals are to keep talking about the subject and 
just keep trying to help people and just not let Isaac get forgotten in any way and celebrate him and the life that he could have had and make sure that Florence grows up and feels that she can ask me questions about it when she's older and that she can talk about it and just continue to work on myself because I still have triggers and I still have really down days and I still get upset and I still have a lot of emotions about it. Um, but try and make things as positive as I can for him really because I, I would I would I would love to think that he's looking down on me and he's actually really proud. David is father to Rachel. In terms of sands that it prospers, that it continues to grow into the brilliant charity that it is. It's been on a journey since since we've we have known it, been involved in it over the last ten years. You can see it developing and it's become much it's become probably more professional it's more visible it's, it's doing absolutely brilliant work in terms of support in terms of research in terms of in terms of that sort of being there to support those that have lost lost babies the hope for science is that it continues to grow and that it continues to benefit and that fundamentally i suppose that i remember whenever rachel died we, there was christmas card that I, I can't remember how many it was like I can't remember the number, but say it was one in 17 babies. Uh, I can't remember 17 babies die a day or whatever, but it's reduced down. There's less babies dying now, neonatal or stillbirths now, than what there were even 15 years ago. So I suppose it's just about sands helping and to reduce stillbirths, to reduce neonatal, natal, neonatal deaths. And where it does happen, that is there to support and continue to help those that have lost because... One thing for sure is that no parent should ever have to bury their child. And it's one of the most difficult things that any parent will, anybody will ever have to do. If SANS can help and support people that are going through that tragic, awful situation, well, then that's the hope. Sherilyn McCrory is a Conservative MP for the constituency of Truro and Falmouth. She lost her daughter Lily in 2019. My, my hope for the future is that we have a greater understanding of all types of baby loss because there are so many different reasons why babies are lost and they're not all the same and often they get grouped together. So I think it's important that we open the conversation, that families don't feel frightened to talk about it. I think that we're not talking about this enough yet. I think we're doing better than we used to, but I think it's important that we talk about it more. I think I would like to see more research into into why Later pregnancy losses happen later than mine. Mine was a very straightforward case and I was able to have closure on why that happened. But often if a baby stops moving at 38 weeks, that baby is tragically lost. Often mum and family will not ever know the reason why. And we've got to do better at that. We've got to understand why. So we can put in place better monitoring, better care so that we can save more of these babies. Lucy Livesey is the founder of Relax with Lucy and Co. She's a mental health nurse and a well-being practitioner. She lost her daughter Ellie. I recognise a lot that people who've experienced baby loss, sometimes if time's passed and it's been a long time, that people don't think it's okay to grieve anymore, like they've not got a right to. And I think my hope for the future is that message of baby loss is baby loss, no matter what type of baby loss it was, no matter when it happened. You know, you can grieve... For the rest of your life and everybody's welcome in these spaces and I always share that with the mindfulness circles that we do I say it doesn't matter when you lost your baby you know come along if it was 40 50 years ago come along because you 
are as much as deserving as anybody else. So, yeah, my hope would be that that people know that message that it doesn't matter how long it's been or what type of baby loss you've experienced. Every baby loss is is relevant. Charlotte Bevan is joint head of the Saving Babies Lives team at SANS and lost her daughter Hope in 2001. My hope for the future is that we keep the momentum going. I think we have really begun a very powerful journey here in engaging parents in research and in identifying that we can prevent babies from dying. We really can. A a recent report this week will say that one in five deaths is potentially preventable. And I think the parent's voice at the heart of that is so important. So I, I really hope and I believe that we can keep momentum going and get these numbers down so that parents do not have to endure the avoidable death of a baby. Claire Wogan leads the training and education team at SANS. Ideally, that all workplaces would have a baby loss policy in place with guidance and training for line managers so that parents are properly supported. Wider than that, it's not just workplaces, it's kind of wherever we are in community and society so that people just understand, don't treat bereaved parents differently, (laughs) but actually do have an insight into what they've been through, acknowledge their parenthood. It may be different to the parenthood that you recognize. And I think the hope is that the more work we do and the more we talk about the importance of these things, that in the future, fewer parents will feel isolated and parents will be supported in their communities by their friends, their families, their colleagues, their community groups and at work, which means that They don't need specialist support. They're being held and they have the space where they are. And rather than having to leave, rather than having to go outside of their communities for specialist support, actually they can stay as they are as a bereaved parent in their community groups and are not isolated and have the time and the space to be able to talk about what happened or also not talk about what happened if that's what they'd rather not do. Nikki Evans is the co-chair of the Fertility and Loss Employee-Led Network within NatWest Group. She lost her daughter, Jane. My blue sky think and hope for the future is this would never, ever happen to anybody full stop, unfortunately. We live in the real world and we know that's not the case. So I think my hope for the future would be that every employer would consider having the support network there, introducing things like bereavement in the workplace, making sure that's the training's there for staff, and for line managers and it would become part of the corporate framework to have that included and I think that would be my my dream is that you would have that included. I would also like to think any new managers who came on board that was part of their initial induction and initial training be part of the network or at least find out about the network and find out what you can bring to it or how it can help you help your employees and your direct reports because it's not just the women that are affected by it. It's also the men, so you need to know how to help your female direct reports. You also need to know how to help your male direct reports or same-sex couples, anything like that. It needs to be all-encompassing. But, yeah, I think in the future, what I would really like is to have that policy, so, like, any kind of bereavement in the workplace, any sort of, like, child loss policy, all embedded within, regardless and it's there for everybody to get access to. 
Nihal Bedi is 16, and to the world, he appears to be an only child, but he is brother to Vishal and Raina. I would like to see just more awareness or more siblings speaking about their experiences or more awareness of what it's like for the sibling, how the sibling can deal with it. Um, and just different stories from different siblings, because I think looking to other people and collaborating that into helping you has been very important. So I think the same thing, if you have a lot of siblings that can give advice, I think that will really help just putting that all together into not a guideline, but just to give support. Emma Poole lost her daughter Liddy and then was faced with the reality of having to break that news to her nearly four-year-old son George and then later to her younger son Henry. And whilst looking for support for her children, she found herself writing Where Are You Liddy, which is a special picture book for children between three and seven. There's so many things that I could answer to that for parents, for siblings, for the babies that we've had to say goodbye to. I think my overwhelming feeling is not to feel alone and to be able to talk about it to be given the permission and I think hopefully that we can we can find a way that is easier to be able to connect with our children and to connect with the grief which is ultimately it is so incredibly painful I think my hope would be that that you can feel part of the whole community not and not feel that you have to hide away or you don't know what to say Chris Somerville is the Scotland Network Coordinator for Sands and is married with his own children. But he grew up in a family of five, but always knew he was actually part of a family of six, as his eldest brother Jason died before he was born. My hope for the future is that these conversations don't become more difficult. One of the things I've realised about this podcast is that there's a little barrier to pressing play when it comes out and the barrier is that this could be really tough to listen to this could remind me of stuff this could be quite a depressing thing and it never has been it's always been very powerful it's always been very useful and i've been really impressed but it's those little things that um, my hope for the future is that in the conversations we have about our children in the conversations we have about stillbirth in the conversations we have about baby loss that we don't have that reticence of, oh no, this is going to be really tough. That it's something that we do all the time so that we know that this is something that is, you know, I can do this. It's part of life. It's part of what happens. BJ lost his son, Joshan, in 2019. I think just transparency and honesty from hospitals. Our intention was to never punish any professional that was involved it was just open dialogue honest dialogue and to ensure it doesn't happen again that's all we wanted and so if if that barrier can be broken down where hospitals their risk assessment teams their lead clinicians are less defensive just more open and just admit where things have gone wrong and say sorry and ensure they don't happen again then we'll have one family less going through what we have Shay's son, Magnus, was born sleeping at 38 weeks. I think, for me, we're really lucky. We've got our, our little girl now. She's three months old yesterday. So we've been really lucky that we've been able to, to conceive and be able to still have a, a, another baby. So that's really something that's really quite incredible. 
even when she's screaming her head off at night and you say, please be quiet. I just, shh, kind of, um, you just recognize, you know, you know, she'll look up at me and I'm just like, oh, okay, you're already cute and I love you with everything that I have. So I'm going to try and create the best environment for you to be the best person you can be. Uh, but really my hopes, I think, are that I hope that more people recognize that people are different. They deal with things differently and that people should never be afraid to feel their feelings, to ask for help when they need it and to accept that some things you can't change. Pete Byram is Mental Health and Wellbeing Coordinator for Sands United and his son Thomas died. I suppose my hope for the future is that I know Denise and me are not going to be the last parents to have to experience a, a stillbirth, that we just hope we're close as a day when it doesn't happen. Um, and I know it, it, sadly it, it will happen, but the, to make sure those numbers are, are as low as possible, but in concert with that to to try and do what I can do in my small corner to make sure that the support is there for somebody who needs it. And you know, I describe myself, I'm six foot three tall and wide, you know, and if if I, not that sort of height and width is anything to do with it, but if I can walk up in and go into a support meeting to show that any bloke can go and walk and support me and don't feel that you're on your own because you're not, just reach out for that support. Clear Harmer is the CEO of SANS. I think my hope for the future is that at SANS we can help be part of creating a culture that allows healthcare professionals to thrive in a culture that supports parents being absolutely at the centre of their care, being listened to, being respected, and that as a result of that, we know that more babies' lives will be saved, but that parents will feel more positive about all of their experiences around maternity care as well. Professor Sarah Stock is a professor in maternal and fetal health, and she's also the programme director for In Utero at Welcome Leap. I've just taken a new role through Welcome Leap, which are a not-for-profit um, who's aimed to bring health breakthroughs. And I am directing a programme which aims to find new ways to look at, at pregnancy to model gestation with a view to reducing stillbirth by half within three years. Wow. That feels like I'm going to be busy. <laughs> <laughs> In a good way. <laughs> In a good way. And I, it is. I mean, it's really exciting. It's bringing researchers from around the world together to focus on this problem, this, the, the problem of stillbirth. So if you ask what my hopes are, is I really hope that this research program is successful because it's a big aim but it's such an important one. Now, we usually finish each episode with hopes of the future, which is obviously what this entire episode has been about. So this time, as the series draws to a close, these are our hopes for the future. I think for me, my hope is that we talk more because I think not only will that help parents suffering bereavement, but that will also help move baby loss further up the political and the research agenda, because I think it's still in a way such a taboo subject that we deal with secretly, that it doesn't have the profile that it deserves and that it needs. I think I have many hopes for the future, but one of them is that 
Sands becomes better known and therefore more able to reduce the numbers of babies dying. And if we're better known, we can reach more people to support them when their baby does die. So, yeah, I, I just want anybody who needs Sands to be able to find us and also for policymakers to hear us. But I hope very much that eventually Sands won't need to exist <laughs> because babies won't be dying. Voices of Baby Loss is an under-the-mast creative audio production.